Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Took me all damn week, but I finally get to do a buy low episode. And I think this might be, sadly, the only bonus episode we get to do this week of uh, Fantasy NBA Today. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am your host, Dan Vespers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I think I just spelled my last name wrong. But who's counting? It's Dan Vespers. I'm looking at myself on the screen here, and I look like I lost weight, which I probably did with the way this week has gone. Uh, but I'm upright. I feel good. I haven't shaved my face in forever. Shout out Manscaped.com. I'll be using your products here actually right after this show to clean myself up. And you guys can use them too with promo code ethos20, ethos20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order over at manscaped.com. Shout out to the folks watching live on YouTube or on Twitter. I'm trying this simulcasting thing right now. We'll see how it goes. So far, it seems like people are enjoying it. uh, And we'll, you know, play it out. See what happens. You know, life's an adventure, man. Try some stuff. Throw some darts. See what sticks. Discord link is in the show description. Other sponsor links are in the show description. Make sure to check out sportsethos.com and ethosfantasybk on social media for your goodies over there. This is Buy Low for Week 12, and I've got some new names on the board for you guys, actually. But you know how we've been doing things here lately. What I'd like to do is spend the first couple of slides discussing some of the stuff we've uh, kind of been talking about over the last couple of weeks And so let's start, and I reorganized it a little bit this time around. So these are the most recent prior buys. Mikhail Bridges, who finally you're starting to see a little bit of something. I know we're we're talking about a very limited sample size of basically like one good game is it now. But you know what? I I don't care. I'll take any signs of life. Top 50 over his last two games, better than that over the last one. That was one big one, and but every little bit is going to change things. And I think for Brooklyn, they have this really nice, easy week where they're largely gone. This is a Paris game, I believe, right? They're in France. Um, so everybody's going to get rested. That'll be good for all of them. And I think he comes out sort of continuing to swing. So a good start on that one. Jimmy Butler is hurt again. He was... Uh, the previous week and then he got hurt and I left him on the buy low from this last week because everybody's so fed up with it so he's kind of a verdict not out yet on the buy low wreck and then Carl Anthony Towns who had a really good game yesterday to kind of start his reascent he had dropped into the mid 40s with a good ball game last night he's now back up to number 37 uh, that one, again, was, I thought, one that was a, a pretty easy call. Guys have dips. Guys, you know, we, there's the whole up and down thing throughout the season. And for Cat, you knew after a couple of quiet ones, a couple of good ones were coming. So an opportunity to kind of get in on him. So a good start on that one. Good start on Bridges. Not a great start on the Jimmy Butler one. That's what we were talking about last week, along with the uh, what we call the risky one. And I'll have one of those at the end of this show as well. That's LaMelo Ball who, again, we did that show on Friday, so it's only been five days. I said I thought he'd be back, you know, two some odd, two to three weeks from there, so we're only five days into my 14 to 21. That one's sort of, again, can't really judge it just yet, but uh, we'll check back in on LaMelo soon. The previous buy low wins. So this is how I kind of recategorize things. These are some of the names that we've given this year that have actually cashed in. DeMar DeRozan, who's moved up from the mid-60s to the early 40s. 
He's actually been number 20 over the last month. Jalen Williams has been rolling. Julius Randle has been rolling since we gave him out a long time ago. OG Ananobi took him a while. Took a trade, actually, to kind of make it happen, but now he's finally getting better. Walker Kessler's minutes are all over the map, but remember, he was outside the top 100, and he's number 68 in 9-cat now, so that one has worked out. And then Bradley Beal was one we talked about buying while he was injured, kind of before news was going to come that that he was coming back. I, I mentioned buying on Bradley Beal. I think that was maybe a day or two, two, three days before Christmas. And I was like, look, I think he probably comes back right after the new year. He actually got back sooner than that. He hasn't hit his stride yet, but that's not really the issue here. You were able to likely get him for pennies on the dollar, and now he's going to slowly work himself into shape. So I like that one a lot. Previous buy lows that haven't cashed yet, and it's really just two. Jimmy Butler is the one that's annoying right now. Um, Steals just haven't been there, and he's currently hurt, which actually makes him a really easy buy low call. And then Cam Johnson, who uh, looked like he was going to make his move up the board and then started to and kind of leveled off because he was at like 115. I was like, this is a buy low. This guy could jump up into the 60s. He's been rolling at kind of like an 85 to 95 clip since then, but that's not really what we were looking for. We wanted more. And so technically, he's been a little better than when we said to buy low, but I don't consider that a win because the price you paid for him is probably equal to or maybe even slightly more expensive than where he's at right now. So I'd rather be harder on ourselves than we need to be, if anything. Uh, So I'm looking for more out of Cam Johnson. I haven't written either of these guys off. I still, think, I still think they've got a pretty good shot to get it going. But let's transition into today's names. And the first one is the guy who's in the thumbnail, and that's D'Angelo Russell, who's been really bad lately. Not a whole lot of opportunities to sugarcoat it, but largely it's because the Lakers have pulled the rug out from underneath him. He was playing 30-some-odd minutes a game at the beginning of the year. He was confident, shooting the ball well, assists were nice, steals were nice, field goal percent. Uh, actually hasn't changed that much for him, but the free throw number has plummeted in kind of a weird twist. He just, like, didn't shoot any for a while, and then he got to the line and he started missing them. And then the Lakers just stopped playing him altogether. He's coming off the bench and he's playing 16, 17 minutes a game. He's basically like a, oh, you're filling in for the starters while they're resting kind of player. And we know that D'Lo offensively is just better than that. But he's at odds with the Lakers right now. There's, again... There's really no other way to look at it. If you watch these games, he's getting in, I don't want to say fights with opposing players, but he's playing so chippy, and he's sort of like trying to force getting hot, and he's making weird decisions, and he's throwing no-look passes, and he's just, he's doing all these things that are like young D'Angelo Russell. Like he's trying to like ram a, a, a round peg through a square hole, And I think it's because he's either afraid that he's on the way out or he's about to actually be on the way out. Whatever the case may be, whether it's a fear that he's on the way out or that he actually is on the way out, either way, this is a bottoming out point. He's number 216 over the last month in 9-cat. He's dropped from, remember, he was in the 65-70 range to start the year. He's dropped to number 119 on the season in 9-cat. But this is a guy that with even close to starters minutes can get inside the top 90. And with actual starters minutes, he could go much higher than that. Someone, it could be the Lakers, it could be some other team, is going to eventually have basically no choice but to play D'Lo 
more minutes than he's getting right now. There's just no way around it. The Lakers need offense, and yet they kind of refuse to play him. And I think some of it is this sort of negative feedback loop going on where he got benched, and initially it was like, oh, it's okay. And then Re- and or like Reeves got benched, and then D'Lo got benched. But then those two guys were trying to share the floor together, and now they've flipped it, and now Reeves is back in the starting lineup, which ultimately does make more sense to have those guys separated. But D'Lo's minutes are not at all guaranteed. Even when he was playing better in some of these games, he's not getting longer minutes. There was one where he got additional playing time. He's getting yanked around, and then he's getting annoyed about it. So then he gets yanked around more because he's not playing focused, and he's in trade talks, so then he's not playing focused either. And on, and on, and on, and on, and on. And at some point, something's going to give. Let's say he gets traded to... Who are the Lakers being linked to? DeJounte Murray, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso. The Lakers are linked to these guys. If he ends up on one of those teams, like Chicago is not going to waive him. They're still trying to win as long as they don't blow the whole thing up. Atlanta's still trying to win as long as they don't blow the whole thing up. Most of the places he goes, he would have a better opportunity than whatever's going on with the Lakers right now. Or... The other side of it, Lakers make some other trade and D'Angelo Russell's not involved in it, or no trade at all. Eventually, I have confidence that Darvin Ham and this Lakers team are going to look and say, yeesh, our issue these days is if Anthony Davis is not otherworldly, we don't have much offense going on. LeBron remains truly incredible at age 39, but he can't play with the speed that the modern NBA dictates. And that's, again, not to take anything away from LeBron. He's clearly a cyborg. No one, I don't know that anybody will ever do what he's doing at this age again. But the Lakers have no speed. And so they get into these weird half-court situations. Guys start to do whatever. Like, if they don't have their best horses on the floor, the offense gums up quick. And they're going to need D'Lo out there. So at some point, he's going to play more. The nice thing about this by low is it might cost you nothing. That's the thing. Someone's going to be like, what am, I, like, what am I even offering up for D'Angelo Russell right now? Nothing. I don't think you need to spend anything on D'Angelo Russell right now. I think someone's going to drop him if they haven't already, and you'll just be able to scoop him up. And if they haven't, you could probably give up somebody like, uh, oh, I don't know, Jaime Jaquez. Because look, as great as he's been, he's not going to be the same when Jimmy Butler comes back. He's just not. Or, I don't know, if somebody thinks Mark Williams is never coming back, maybe you could give up Nick Richards. Or John Collins, who's just the most boring player of the year. Too boring even for me right now. Or streaming Karis LeVert, who I think is going to run out of gas in the next two to three weeks when Darius Garland likely comes back. Which is, by the way, a wink-wink, nod-nod towards something coming up later in the show. Dennis Schroeder at 110, who has almost no way to get higher than that given Toronto brought in two horses in that OG Ananobi trade. I got to believe that someone in that list of names I just said has a chance to get it done. Hell, Trey Murphy, who's probably like right around a 90-100 range guy, if you lose him, you'll be a little bit upset about it, but it's not really going to cost you all that much in the long run. It might take some time. I should add the precursor on this D-Lo chat. 
that I don't think this is going to take, I don't think this is going to happen tomorrow. He could get traded tomorrow, but it might also take until the trade deadline. Like this might be a buy low that you have to sit on for four weeks. But he's in this gunning mode right now off the bench. So, you know, the last, what do you want to call it, week or so, He's been especially bad, but he had a game in there where he was a little bit better. You'll still get a few points and a few assists. If it's Roto, you're benching him. If it's head-to-head, you're like, all right, just please don't detonate everything. This one, again, I think it's going to take a tiny bit of time, but I do think it's going to pay off. Next name on the list is his teammate, Austin Reeves, and this one's a smaller one. This is a fringy, like, around-the-edges by low because it hasn't... Austin's slowdown has not really been tangible in the fantasy universe he's basically been rolling he got off to kind of a slow start he was like 120 130 140 range and then he's been kind of rolling at about 85 basically ever since then and even over the last couple of weeks he's still in that 85 to 100 range but what folks haven't noticed is that he's become extremely cold from three-point land his role has increased but he hasn't seen an uptick in numbers because he hasn't shot the ball particularly well, jump shot the ball particularly well. I should probably add that little qualifier. At some point here in the next game or two, and, you know, it might be starting right now, because I think he missed his first five three-pointers against Toronto in their last ball game, as of when we're recording this episode, and he hit his last one, which was like a 30-footer. He was a step and a half beyond the three-point line. If that wakes him up, Reeves might come into their next ball game and hit three or four threes, And all of a sudden, you're looking at big lines for a couple of weeks. Like, you might get a top 50, top 60 run out of Austin. So while I think this is a small one, meaning whoever has him is probably not thinking, why would I sell on Reeves right now? Everything seems totally normal and fine. They'd be right. But what you'd be aware of that we're talking about in this sort of shorter segment on Austin is that he can be better based on the role he's being given right now. So he's ranked around 100. I think you can get him for someone with a little name power in that same range, which is kind of like what we just talked about with D'Lo, but maybe you go a little bit higher for Austin. So guys around 100. Like if Derek Lively was healthy, you try him. Okongwu's about to have an interesting game because I think Clint Capel is questionable. If he has to sit one, that would be a good time. Uh, Trey Murphy, who I just talked about. You're not going to be able to sell Chris Paul for anything right now. Um, other names in that area. Tari Eason would be intriguing as someone to maybe give up. Jalen Suggs is notable. He's been playing well. Marcus Smart off a couple of big three-point bombs away kind of ball games. Schroeder we just mentioned. Malik Monk. Uh, that was close. I take that one back. Keldon Johnson, absolutely. I don't think you're going to get Reeves for Keldon right now. Missed your window on that. Buddy Heald, if he starts a couple of games for whatever reason. Boyan Bogdanovich, he's going to put up some big numbers while Cade is out. That would be an interesting one to throw out there. So see if you can get Austin Reeves. Because, again, his numbers aren't bad by any stretch. He's not in a slump. Just watching his role right now and his inability to hit a jump shot, it could actually be better. So this is like a buy medium, but with a little bit of upside built in. And then finally, we're circling around on a name that I had on the show a long time ago. Someone that when he was out, I suggested maybe you buy low on him because I figured he was going to get traded is Zach Levine. 
because he's back with Chicago and he looks all out of sorts. He's number 227 since his return. It's, you know, small sample size theater. But people are probably panicking. He's coming off the bench right now. He hasn't taken many shots. His usage is weird. He doesn't look like he fits in all that well. The Bulls have been playing well without him. There's a lot of ways that this could get better and very few ways that it could get worse. So what you've seen, and this is a phenomenon that happens all the time, but it's exacerbated in Chicago by the fact that Levine is also on the trade block, is that a guy gets hurt or is shut down or whatever the situation may be. You can buy low on that player if you're willing to stash them. When they're getting close to coming back, you can no longer buy low because the person that held that whole time is not going to want to give up the player that they just blew an injured slot on for four or five weeks or whatever. But when that player comes back, they usually have a little adrenaline boost. They play well for like two or three games. And then you see the sluggish kick in. Oh, yeah, right. The NBA is a long season. I got to get my legs back. And you get a little bit of that from Levine right out of the shoot here because he didn't get to play all that much. He was rehabbing his foot. So that kind of stops you from really getting into much in the way of basketball activities, which means that people are going to look at him and go, ah, this guy sucks now. I think you could get Zach Levine for someone in that same range we just talked about as Austin Reeves. The same list. Eason, Trey Murphy, Austin Reeves himself even, although... Uh, which way I go on that one. Pretty close. Uh, Jakob Pertl, who's out right now. Eh, probably doesn't get it done. Okongwu, Marcus Smart, Dennis Schroeder, Malik Monk. I, I think I actually would go that direction now. Keldon Johnson, Buddy Heald, Jaime Akez. Some of those names I said probably won't get it done. Suggs. Aaron Neesmith. Probably not enough name power to make that one happen. Jabari Smith Jr., who's kind of a sell-high guy right now while the whole team is hurt. I don't know that Zach Levine is going to be ever again the guy he was, whatever it was, two seasons back where he was shooting the lights out and he had every bit of usage in the universe and he was like number 38. Those days are probably gone. But he easily has the fantasy game to get inside the top 70. And I would say it's not that crazy to think he could get inside the top 60. And now let's say he gets traded someplace. What about the Lakers? Are we afraid with LeBron and Anthony Davis that he just wouldn't have a job there? No, he'd have a job. And he'd probably be more confident, and he'd probably score better. Not more. Better. More efficiently. So I'm not worried about Levine. There's like there's almost no universe where he completely falls off the map, not with the athletic and basketball ability he has. If you can get him for someone between, call it roughly 80 and 115, to me that's a no-brainer because he looks slow, he looks rusty, and people are probably getting frustrated. Explore this one. I think this one has maybe the biggest margin for win of the names we've talked about so far, but maybe also the hardest to pull off because he does have probably the biggest name of anyone we've talked about so far. And finally, the risky play, meaning the injury stash. I've tried to throw one of these out every week. This week, it's Darius Garland, who's been out since December 14th, so he's a couple days away from a full month on the shelf. Uh, and I mean, it's a jaw injury, And I just, I don't know, I don't see two months happening. So I feel like we're looking at two to three weeks 
It's a guess a little bit. I'm trying to read the tea leaves a tad. But again, if you're thinking about a guy who has sort of that 50, call it 40 to 60 range potential, are you willing to stash him for two to three weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Are you willing to do it if it costs you a top 80 range guy? I think the answer there is yes as well. So now you're looking at guys like Mike Conley, uh, DeAndre Ayton, who's been probably not exactly a sell moment right now for him, Drew Holiday, Jabari Smith Jr. We just talked about if you could, I mean, you kind of need Zach Levine to get hot for a minute, but that would be an interesting name to throw out there. Um, uh, I know that I don't think I would give up Jalen Duran. That kind of feels like a little bit too much. Tobias Harris is intriguing as someone again, maybe going a little bit too high on that. A better way to look at it might be to see who's in that same range uh, over the past month to two months instead of perhaps the entire season. So if you look at that like 80 range over the last month. Chris Middleton is in there. Yusuf Nurkic is in there. Conley's in there. Miles Bridges is in there. Low field goal percent, kind of holding him back a little bit. Austin Reeves is interesting. Could you turn Reeves into Darius Garland? I don't even think about that one. He's a buy, but he's also a possible sell in this instance. Aaron Gordon. Kobe White, I think, because when his percentages all settled in together, he's more of that, you know, 80 range kind of guy. So there, you know, Darius Garland has a world of upside over most of the players that I just listed off. And a lot of them, because they're simply healthy and posting numbers that people are like, oh, that's kind of interesting, could get that job done. So think about it. If you think you can handle two to three weeks, call it 15 to 20 days is my assessment there. It's again, it's a little bit of a guess, but just trying to read on how the whole thing shook out. I think this one has some legs and I think you should explore it. You could start lower, too, if you really wanted to before working your way up the board. You want to start with somebody who's more like, you know, top 95 over the last month but has name power. Again, someone like a Dennis Schroeder, who everybody's overvalued this year because of assists. Maybe. Karis LeVert, who's filling in for him, you'd have to pair that up with somebody. That would not get it done alone. We just talked about Malik Monk. Maybe that's a pair with someone like Levert. Emmanuel quickly, post-trade here. Perhaps people are getting very, very excited. I like quickly a lot. I don't think he's going to be better than 75 at 9-cat, but I like him a lot. There's a lot of buzz there. You might even be able to aim higher with quickly, post-trade. If I was doing a sell-high show, as much as I like quickly, he would almost definitely make my sell-high list. Want to throw a promo here at the end of the show. My good buddy, Joe Orico, host of our baseball fantasy stuff at uh, 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. He's going to be doing a live fantasy baseball draft with one of our longest, can we call him loves? Sure, why the hell not? Lord Bogman. Bogs himself. Orico and Bogman hosting a baseball draft coming up. Uh, that's about... Roughly two hours from now, as of the live show, that will also eventually here be... No, I think they're doing that live. Did I say that? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be on this channel live at 5 Pacific, so you can catch that on uh, on our YouTube channel as well. Great opportunity for all of you to like something on our YouTube channel or on the Twitter feed and subscribe. Subscribe to Fantasy MLB today. 
if you want to get Joe's baseball stuff. Fantasy NBA Today is here. That's the old basketball feed. And uh, I am at Dan Besper. Shout out once again to our buddies at Manscaped. Make sure to follow everybody I just mentioned over on the socials. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. It's the most important thing you guys can do. Really does help kind of push the boulder forward for us here at Sports Ethos. Two shows today. I finally got it done. Back to work I go. Back to the grind. Enjoy the Wednesday card. We'll see you guys soon. So long for now, everybody.